Welcome to the London Walks podcast, presented by Andy Hallett and Adam Scott Goulding. Welcome to the haphazard A to Z. A is for artillery passage. This is Liverpool Street. So I'm here at Liverpool Street Station. Um, I'm off to Artillery Passage, Spitalfields, do my A. In the autumn of 1888, London's huge metropolis was gripped by fear. On the teeming streets of Whitechapel, women were being torn to pieces by a killer who vanished in the shadows, time after time. So terrible was the savagery that the world remembers it still. Jack the Ripper. Now I'm just heading up uh, Golston Street, and Golston Street, hence the music I've just played, because of course this is Jack the Ripper land, and on the right-hand side in Golston Street is where the, um, the writing on the wall was discovered. Um, every day, just outside the city here, uh, you have these wonderful pop-up restaurants. So I'm walking down Golston Street and you've got falafel, you've got uh, Mediterranean, Thai, Indian. It's fantastic every day. Japanese. It's great. And on the right of me, the Happy Days restaurant where the, the writing on the wall was discovered on that kind of inner passageway. So I'm making my way right up the road and I'm making my way past the discount suit company. And I'm walking up what becomes Bell Lane. Now, just to kind of fill you in a bit here, where, uh, the area we're in, Spitalfields, Allgate, Spitalfields. Um, 1197, there was a, a medieval hospital which was founded here, St. Mary Spittal, the prior of St. Mary Spittal. became one of the largest, it was the largest medieval hospital in England and possibly in all of Europe. And it was dissolved in 1539 by Henry VIII. And they kept uh, the priory and the inner parts of the monastery remained as a, as a liberty, as a kind of autonomous area known as the, the Liberty of Norton Folgate. But the outside of it, adjacent to it, the, the land here, which had, been, which had been countryside right up until the 17th century, became artillery ground. So this was a place where soldiers would practice. But towards the end of the 17th century, it was laid out for Huguenots, French Huguenot silk weavers, Irish silk weavers and in the spot we're about to make our way towards Artillery Lane and to the left of it Artillery Passage. So hence the military names Artillery Lane, Artillery Passage, there's a gun street, there was a gun pub which is gone now but on the right of me as I approach down Bell Lane you have well there used to be a 1970s car park there, the Jack the Ripper car park but that was where Dorset Street stood, which was described as the worst street in London, and number 26 Dorset Street was, of course, where the murder of the final Jack the Ripper victim, Mary Jane Kelly, um, she lived at 13 Miller's Court, which is a hovel along Dorset Street. That's all gone, the car park has gone, big hole there now today, and we can see the back of the facade of the London Fruit Exchange. On the left-hand side, you can see what is um, what used to be the Providence Night Shelter, which was built in 1860. And the men and women were all segregated. I had space here for 300 
women and children, and some men as well. The women's entrance is right in front of me on the, as you walk down Artillery Lane, the right hand side, the men's entrance. Now, the Providence Night Children, many of the Jack the Ripper victims um, lodged here, may well have known each other, who knows? Um, but it was a, a night shelter right up until 2002 when it was converted into the present day um, home of the, the LSC, the London School of Economics. See how the facade of the building today, inside it's very, very modern. It's a huge student accommodation and residence today. Now I'm going to make my way down on the left hand side. This part here originally was known as Ravens Road. And indeed, on the left-hand side, these beautiful buildings, um, they are genuinely, well, there's some debate over it, but I think the late 17th century, 1690s, certainly by the beginning of the 1700s, you had these two buildings here, number 56 and number 58. 1780, number 56, Mercer, Silk Weaver, 1782 to 99, a Silk Weaver again, 1813, 58, Grocer, 59 to... 1859 to 1935, a grocer's shop. Um, next door, glass warehouse by 1857, cigar makers um, from up until 1935. So these were shop fronts and still maintain some of the most beautiful and finest Georgian shop fronts in London. So around about, around about the mid 18th century, both of the buildings here were um, Change and adapted. But number 58, you had this kind of Regency frontage, but number 56, they kept the original Georgian frontage. And today it's owned by Alex Sainsbury, it's an exhibition, art exhibition centre, converted from 2009. But wonderful buildings, right next to it you have um, the passage. Now, Artillery Rain goes around the corner, and Artillery Passage, well, there was some kind of link there between Bell Lane and Petticoat Lane dating back to the end of the 17th century but certainly by the end of the 17th century there was a, a bunch of houses there so if you look up on the right hand side 1682 and certainly that number there opposite 9A and what is today Ottolenghi very flash restaurant um, dates back to 1682 9A and the one opposite which I think is number Number two, number three, uh, they were kind of a twin, and the upper parts of it are definitely from the late 17th century, 1682, although other parts have been adapted, the top part of it is from 1682. Now, it's just fantastic because it's still, I mean, you'll remember this from the Jack the Ripper Walk. If you walk down here, this is the bit you remember. This is the bit with so much charm and character, and it's pretty amazing. So the passage here was known up until the, uh, well, the 17th and 18th century, probably right up until the 19th century, the 19th century, it was known as Smock Alley. And its eastern part was known as Raven's Row. Now, already, it's, uh, those two art exhibition places have been renamed after that. They now call it Raven's Row. Um, but Smock Alley, right up until the end of the 19th century. So we now know it as Artillery Passage. Shops long ago, we've talked about number 56 and 58, they became shops after they were adapted from 1756. And it was really the homes of... Um, the home and the shops of silk merchants, weavers, apothecaries, tobacconists, mercers. There was a governor of the Spitalfields Workhouse. So it was, you know, quite well to do for some time in the 18th century, but it's going to be kind of a terribly deprived area a little bit later on. Uh, the silk weaving 
industry is going to go into a long decline and it's just going to degenerate into slum dwellings, multi-slum dwellings of which this would have been very much part of. And this is right next to a part of London which um, Jack London described in The People of the Abyss. Christchurch, Spitalfields, which was built in the, uh, the 18th century and he describes this particular garden there. Which he was written in 1902. On the benches on either side arrayed a mass of miserable and distorted humanity, the sight of which would have impelled Doré to more diabolical flights of fancy than he ever succeeded in achieving. It was a welter of rags and filth of all manner of loathsome skin diseases, open sores, bruises, grossness, indecency, leering monstrosities and bestial faces. Uh, a chill, raw wind was blowing and these creatures huddled there in their, in their rags, sleeping for the most part or trying to sleep. Here are a dozen women ranging in age from 20 years to 70, next a babe, possibly of nine months lying asleep, flat on the hard bench with neither pillow nor covering, nor with anyone looking after it. It was the sleeping that puzzled me. Why were nine out of ten of them asleep or trying to sleep? But it was not till afterwards that I learned it is a law of the powers that be that the homeless shall not sleep by night. In fact, much later on in the novel, he goes on describing when he was in the West End and he was just desperately tired and it was one o'clock in the morning and then three o'clock in the morning and he was dozing off to sleep and every time he dozed off to sleep he was nudged and moved on by a policeman. So they just had to sleep all day and of course you're in no state to work or try to get work, at, you know, um, after you've been up all night. So you'd make your way off to the local workhouses in Poplar and Whitechapel. And if you weren't there by sometimes even one o'clock in the afternoon, the, the, the rooms had gone, the space had gone, the dormitories had gone. So they were leaving, the, leaving these itinerant lives, absolutely destitute, poverty-stricken. Um, and this was the heart of it. Artillery passage in the surrounding area was just a, um, uh, the abyss, it was known as it described as. It was the appalling part of London. Uh, today is very desirable. Just to give you an idea of the, the house prices along here. For example, if I say number number six, sold in the year 2000 for £340,000. Present market day value, about a million pounds. Number 9A, uh, January 1995, £137,000. Today, £1.4 <laughs> If you go further around towards Fournier Street, which you do see on the Jack the Ripper Walk, house prices, February 1998, 475000 number 9 now, 3.2 million. And the shops we've got here today, Otolinghi, and then we have a Italian on the left-hand side, contemporary Japanese Yazoo. You have these lights, which just almost certainly would have been gas lamps originally. And then we have perfumery, Turkish grill, the Grape Shops, which is a great pub. To the right, actually, we often come down here on the Jalapa Ball. Uh, Parliament Court, I think it's called. Very narrow little alleyway. And that really gives you a sense of what it was like back in the late 19th century. And it's a pub called the King's Stores. And that leads you back up to Liverpool Street. But if you turn right, go down Sandy's Row, and you have Sandy's Row Synagogue, which has been here since 1854. Welcome to the Haphazard A to Z a is for Abbey Road. This is Abbey Road. London teams with famous names in terms of streets. Some of those streets are so famous that they have become 
bywords for the business that goes on there. Savile Row, for example, synonymous with men's tailoring. Fleet Street, still associated with newspaper publishing. Uh, beyond this, we have Regent Street, uh, Leicester Square, uh, Charing Cross Road, Trafalgar Square, all internationally famous names. I'd like to add to the pantheon there of famous names, Abbey Road, internationally famous as the home of the recording studio where the Beatles recorded the vast majority of their output. You could say there's only one Abbey Road. The problem at hand is that Abbey Road Studios can be found at St John's Wood Station on the Jubilee Line in North London. Abbey Road DLR Station, on the other hand, is in deepest, darkest East London and creates a great amount of confusion. To illustrate the point, whilst recording at the Abbey Road Station in East London, I ran into a lost soul in search of the Beatles. Just now, uh, can I start by asking you, what's your name? Uh, I'm Arjan. Uh, ah. Arjan uh, from Istanbul. From Istanbul. Welcome to London, Arjan. Now, you're looking for Abbey Road, is that right? Yep, yep. Right, and you've come to Abbey Road Station on the DLR, haven't you? Yes. Because <laughs> it's a famous name, isn't it? Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. And you would think that the Beatles' Abbey Road would be at Abbey Road Station. Are, are you a big Beatles fan? Yeah, I'm a uh, Beatles fan. Actually, uh, I came from nice. Istanbul for the only... Uh, watching to uh, David Gilmour concert yesterday, and uh, I was at the uh, Royal Albert Hall yes. uh, yesterday, and I would like to uh, come to see also Abbey Road because uh, the iconic studio for the uh, music in- industry. Many many Pink Floyd albums also uh, recorded. Uh, at the Abbey Road Studios as well, yes. uh, as I know that. But uh, I would like to experience this atmosphere, uh, and <laughs> I'm looking for <laughs> the, uh, the, the yeah. r- wrong wrong station. Wrong station, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, I, I listen, it's a very common mistake. Yeah. Don't worry, it's a mistake yeah. that everybody makes. Thank but we you. can point you in the right direction. There is a handy sign here. Information. It says, "Day Tripper, looking for the Beatles Zebra Crossing." Feel like you've been here, there and everywhere and on a magical mystery tour? Then don't pass me by. Unfortunately, you are at the wrong Abbey Road. However, we can work it out and help you to get back to the correct location. Do you see what they're doing here? They're putting in a hell of a shift with the Beatles references. It continues. So let's come together and take the DLR one stop to West Ham and change to a Jubilee Line train to St John's Wood Station. Passengers will need a ticket to ride. Nice work on behalf of uh, Transport for London here. Um, Very jolly sign pointing people back to the correct Abbey Road for Abbey Road Studios. If you have found yourself out here on the DLR in East London, um, all is not lost if you're a music fan. Uh, Nearby we have the Abbey Mills pumping station, uh, perhaps the least sounding rock and roll location in all of London but the Abbey Mills pumping station comes into the story of Pink Floyd in 1968 
In terms of London landmarks, Pink Floyd are, of course, indelibly associated with Battersea Power Station, thanks to the appearance of that monumental London structure from the industrial era, appearing on the sleeve of the 1977 Pink Floyd album Animals. Famously, the huge inflatable pig uh, flying between uh, the four chimneys on that sleeve. But Battersea Power Station is not the only architectural relic of London's past associated with the Floyd. In March 1968, they filmed at the Abbey Mills Pumping Station. The Abbey Mills Pumping Station was designed by Sir Joseph Bazalgette here in deepest East London. TV producer Tony Palmer, who went on to make the monumental All You Need Is Love documentary series on popular music with contributions from, among others, Charles Chilton, the father of London Walk's very own Mary. Uh, Palmer captured a performance of the post-Sid Barrett Pink Flight, uh, performing their Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun, one of their late 60s freak-out tracks, with David Gilmore in attendance. Filming for the BBC. The old Abbey Mills pumping station is but a hop, skip and jump from this, London's most confusing station. So all is not lost. If you're a rock and roll fan and you've ended up in the wrong place uh, at the wrong Abbey Road, then have a look at the Abbey Mills pumping station uh, Pink Floyd venue uh, before you jump back on the DLR to head to West Ham and off on the Jubilee Line to St John's Wood for the home of the world's most famous recording studio. For a photo blog, more details and a map as to how to find the Abbey Mills pumping station, go to the Daily Constitutional, the London Walks blog. Follow the link at walks.com. London Walks podcast was compiled, produced and presented by Andy Hallett and Adam Scott Goulding. For details of the full programme of London Walks, London's best guided walking tours, go to www.walks.com. The London Walks podcast was an APB production.